Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 19 of Media Monkeys and Junkie Junkies. I'm Stephanie C. Kernison. Uh, this week, uh, the thing that we're covering, uh, neither of us was an expert on this movie. This is a movie that came out last year, and I had heard about it and was relatively interested because of my interest in movies with evil children, and uh, I was indulged <laughs> the, this weekend by my cousin who is with me now, Mr. Jeffrey Heatherly. Hello, America. How are you? And our fascination for this movie wasn't alone with this movie, but also with a video made by a personality around town known as Boots Durango, and we'll probably talk about Boots a little bit and how awesome Boots is. Yes. Uh, <laughs> along with this movie, the 2009 classic Orphan. Yes. Where to start, what to say. I, I, you know, when this movie came out, I, I had absolutely no interest in it whatsoever. Honestly, Boots brought me to the table for this thing. Really? I, I, I was like, I want to see what made Boots Durango have such a fit and require a shot, i.e. half a pint of Patron, uh, <laughs> to get over the shock. I had to see it for myself. Um, I was remotely interested, but not enough to go see it in theaters, because I rarely go see anything in theaters anymore. But, uh, I was remotely interested because I've always, uh, been into movies with evil children. Just because I don't do horror movies in general, and the thing that I always love about evil children is you watch an evil child movie and you're just like, what can you do if you have an evil child? You don't want to... You can't really kill him. Exactly. You don't want to kill your child because it's your child. But you know that they're evil, so what do you do? Yeah. Um, and, of course, this might have come from seeing The Bad Seed when I was little. I didn't really see the whole movie. I just remember bits and pieces. And the part that I always remember, and I thought it was the end of the movie, and it's really only, like, halfway through the movie, and that's when she admits to her mother that she killed the little boy. The Bad Seed is a classic movie, which I can't believe I don't have that Wikipedia page open. I can get it going for you. Um, I mean, you can go. Okay. I'm looking to. <laughs> Alright. Never ever see the damn movie. <laughs> okay, so The Bad Seed, oh, um, it was a novel first. And the novel was uh, in 1954. I'm trying to figure out where it's like. And it usually will give a thing that's like automatically up at the top about the movie. But that's cool. Hang on. 1956 film. I know there's a page about that film. Thank you. Anyway, the 1956 American horror thriller film directed by Mervyn Leroy. And uh, it's The Bad Seed. Uh, the Bad Seed was nominated for four Academy Awards for Best Actress in a Leading Role, Nancy Kelly, who was the mom. Best Actress in a Supporting Role, Eileen Heckart and Patty McCormick. Patty McCormick played the little girl, which is Rhoda Penmark. Um, and in The Bad Seed, this little girl, Rhoda Penmark, she loses this... Uh, <laughs> there was a medal given out in her class to whoever had the best handwriting, best penmanship. Right. And it wasn't given to her, it was given to this other little boy. And she had a fit, basically, because she really believed that she deserved the medal. And at one point, um, the little boy dies. He's found uh, in the water. He's been beaten against the pier, so they think. And he's got these weird half-moon marks on his head, and they can't figure out what's up with that. But, you know, they're like, whatever, he fell in the water. And then her mom ends up finding the penmanship medal. And it turns out that she harassed this boy for the penmanship medal, and he wouldn't give it to her, 
And then she beat him with her shoes, which had these little metal things on the heels. Yeah. And she beat him with her shoes, and that's where that came from. And the, the fucked up part is that he ends up giving her the medal, and she still beat him to death. Like, even though he had already given her what she wanted. So that would say to me that the kid was going to be fucked up regardless of what happened. Oh, no, she was crazy. Okay. That's the whole thing. The woman finds out that she was adopted, and the woman that was her original mother was a murderer. And so she's like, I passed it on, and, like, I didn't even know, and, like, oh, it's this whole thing. Yeah. So, um, and this is still the bad seed, and not orphan. So, her mother ends up, um... So that's only halfway through the movie, and her mom tells her, her mom gets rid of the penmanship medal, and she throws it in the water where the kid drowned, and then she tells Rhoda to throw her shoes into the furnace, and there is this um, old janitor guy who's always picking on Rhoda because they're both, like, evil, you know, yeah. and like, but nobody knows that they're evil he except each other. He sees potential in her. Not that he, no, he doesn't like her, he just knows that she's awful too, and nobody else sees that she's awful, everybody thinks she's a perfect little okay. girl. So at one point he's picking on her and he implies that he has her shoes because he doesn't think that she's really done it. And then she's like, give me those shoes. Like really creepy. And that's when he realizes like she really did it. And he's like, oh my God, you know, he's freaking out. And then she tries to burn him in his sleep. And then the mom tries to, um, the mom feeds Rhoda a bunch of sleeping pills and tells her that her, they're her vitamins and to go to bed. So she takes a bunch of sleeping pills and then the mom shoots herself. But then the neighbors hear the gunshot and call the cops, and so they get them both to the hospital, and Rhoda, they found her because the gunshot went off, and they pumped Rhoda's stomach so the little girl lives. And then the mom is, the mom survives somehow, and it's really weird, and she's still in the hospital. And while she's in the hospital, the dad takes Rhoda home, and she sneaks out one night to go to the water to find the penmanship medal that her mother threw in the water that she killed the kid for. And she goes back She's to so get it. so obsessed with this. Yes. Thing. She goes back to get it, and she takes a net from, like, off the pier, and she's digging in the water. And while she's trying to get the penmanship medal, the pier gets struck by lightning and gets obliterated. And that's the end of the movie. That's a really strange ending. I know. That's why I was like, the movie's really awesome, but I was like, what was that ending? Like, that's weird. And then, um... <laughs> The thing that's really cute, though, is, like, they run the credits, and at the end of the credits, like, the mom comes out and bows, and then the little girl comes out and bows, and then the mom sits on the couch, like, takes her over her knee and spanks her, and she's like, oh, no! That's a bit... No, for, like, the 50s, though, because they're trying... This is the 50s. This is a fucking dark movie for 1956. So they're like, she's not... Well, remember the thing they had to do with Orphan... Please don't think that you can't adopt orphans. Yeah, this movie erupted a shitstorm... So, talking about the bad seed, because I had to talk about the bad seed. So I saw that when I was little, and I saw The Good Son with Macaulay Culkin, which I made you watch a couple months ago. Yeah, it's fantastic. It's super good. And so, I was remotely interested in Orphan, and so I told Jeff, Jeff was coming up this weekend, I was like, I'm reading Orphan, you and me, we're going to watch it, we're going to podcast about it. And, um, (laughs) Orphan. It was great. It was great. It was better than I... I I really expected this movie to be... I really expected to sit to be able to mock, like, the the, the violence of this movie to, like... That it would be ridiculous, but no, it was... I really expected it to be terrible. I did. It was really well done and, like, genuinely terrifying and... Isabel Furman, the little girl that played Esther, fantastic. Yeah. She was very good. She was epic. 
Um, I will read the Wikipedia page as I do. <coughs> I mean, I've got it for you right here. I have it open as well. Well, okay. <laughs> so, um, we're gonna read you the plot according to Wikipedia, and I'm glad it goes into it. So the we can whole talk about plot? Here. Yeah. You're you're not worried about spoilers here? I mean, I always spoiler alert. Anytime somebody listens to my podcast, they know I'm gonna talk about what happens. Okay. I mean, I mean, I have a non-spoiler uh, policy on my show, and, and also we have one on Nick's show, Cinemantics. Um, but, you didn't talk about either show. You can plug both of them. Yeah, I, I, of course, most people will know me from the original Unoriginal podcast. You can find it at original originalonoriginalpodcast.blogspot.com or on the iTunes store, where you can also find Cinemantics, the the uh, the Happy Days, too, the OUP's Love American Style. Uh, hosted by Nick Melson and more often than not co-hosted by me. We pretty much have two shows that are the exact same show. Except one where we don't talk about movies as often. <laughs> Listen to them both. Yeah. But yeah, I guess I guess uh, you, you set a standard here and you said spoiler alert before we really got into this stuff. Yeah. They love your, your podcast anyways. I know. I, mean, I, I think if you've got enough diehard fans, and I know you do, you got enough people that are going to be like, hey, I love this show and I want to hear what ridiculous thing Stephanie's going to say. <laughs> I'm going to go rent this fucking movie and we're going to listen to this tonight. So, um, <laughs> see, because yeah, most of the people that listen to it are people that I know personally and they wouldn't, they're like... Me listening to you tell me what happens saves me the time of having to watch it. Yeah. And I'm like, that's cool. But, this is but such then a great sometimes movie. it's so good, yeah, they go and watch it anyway, like Christina did with Doctor Who. That's true. We talk about everything that happened to Doctor Who, and she was like, Doctor Who sounds really good, I'm gonna watch it. Hey, Christina. Hi. Hey, Gelmy. That's my sister. Yep. So, anyway, going, uh, so I'm gonna read the plot, and it's very in depth. I'm glad it talks about all of it. So Kate Coleman, played by Vera, is it Vera Farmiga? Is that how you say it? Farmiga. Farmiga. And most people know from The Departed and uh, Up in the Air. And Running Scared. Is that the one with Paul Walker? Yes, it is. Okay, I haven't seen that. <laughs> <clears throat> so, um, but she's really good. Yeah, yeah. Her husband, John, played by Peter Sarsgaard of Boys Don't Cry, and what do you know? And Kenzie. And Garden State. And Garden State. Yeah. <laughs> are experiencing strains in their marriage after Kate's third child was stillborn. The loss is particularly hard on Kate, who is also recovering from alcoholism. They adopt Esther, played by Isabel Furman, a nine-year-old Russian girl from the local orphanage. While Kate and John's deaf-mute daughter Max, Ariana Engineer... Is it Engineer? Engineer. Last engineer. I remember last night we were watching it and I was like, somebody's last name is Engineer. Max, played by Ariana Engineer, embraces Esther almost immediately. Their son Daniel, played by Jimmy Bennett, is less welcoming. He's a little prick. Ugh. Yeah, he is. <laughs> Kate grows suspicious when Esther expresses far more knowledge of sex than would be expected of a child her age. She is further alarmed when Sister Abigail, played by CCH Pounder, who was, um... She was on The Shield. She was on The Shield, and she was in Face Off. Yeah. The head of the orphanage comes to their home to warn her and John that whatever Esther, or whenever Esther is around, bad things seem to happen, which is overheard by Esther. As Sister Abigail is leaving, sorry, as Sister Abigail is leaving in her car, Esther pushes Max, the little girl, into its path, forcing her to swerve the car off the road. As Sister Abigail rushes over to see if Max is hurt, Esther runs in and kills the nun with a hammer. Beats her head in with a hammer, or, or starts to, I should say. Oh, God, because she's a dead, and then she has to push her down the hill. And then she keeps beating her until the skull cracks. Goes back and beats her some more. Oh, yeah. God. So, 
Um, <laughs> she convinces Max to help her hide the weapon in the treehouse. Meanwhile, Kate's, uh, Kate's attempts to tell John about Esther's strange behavior falls on deaf ears, which is awkward because the daughter is also deaf, but the husband isn't deaf, and they put that in them. It just sounds weird. Yeah. Attempting to find out more about Esther, Kate finds the girl's hidden Bible and discovers that it came with it came from the Sarn Institute in Estonia, which she eventually learns is a mental hospital. She emails a picture of Esther to them and asks that the doctor call her back with more information. Daniel learns about the death of Sister Abigail from Max. Daniel is the son, remember? Yeah. Um, I'm reminding the crowd. Right. Esther overhears him uh, detail a plan to retrieve the hammer to prove Esther's guilt. While Daniel searches the treehouse, Esther appears with a hammer and drops it in front of Daniel. Spraying lighter fluid on it and the floor, she sets the treehouse ablaze. Daniel falls to the ground trying to escape the fire and is knocked unconscious. Esther tries to kill him with a rock... But Max stops her. A rock that they had used in a previous earlier game. to she used it to squish a pigeon that that Daniel had shot with a paintball pellet on purpose. Yeah. So all the, and then he yeah. cried because he was like, I didn't think it would hurt it, and he yeah. broke its neck and it was twitching on the ground. And she told him to put it out of its misery, and he wouldn't do it. And she crushed it with a rock. And he was like, You're a freak. That's what you get, Opie. <laughs> While Daniel is hospitalized from his fall, Esther slips into his room and smothers him with a pillow, stopping his heart. But doctors quickly revive him. Kate, realizing what happened, attacks Esther, but John and, and a couple of orderlies restrain her. As John takes Esther and Max home, doctors sedate Kate. The mom. That night, Esther tries to seduce a drunken John. Oh, God, and I knew they were going there. Yeah, yeah. Who finally realizes Kate might have been right about her. He threatens to send her back to the orphanage, and she runs crying to her room. Meanwhile, as Kate is coming out of sedation, she receives a call on her cell phone from a doctor at the Sarn Institute, who reveals that Esther is actually a 33-year-old woman named Lena Clammer, who has hypopituitarism, a condition that stunted her physical growth, and she has spent most of her life posing as a little girl. The doctor tells Kate that Lena is extremely dangerous and has killed a number of people in the past, including an entire family that had adopted her previously. Esther, angry and hurt by being spurned by John, ransacks her room. Then, after removing makeup, false teeth, and body wrappings that enhanced her illusion as youthful Esther, Lena attacks John with a knife. Max sees Lena stabbing her father repeatedly and hides. Kate, unable to get John on the phone, rushes home only to find John dead on the floor. Lena fetches a gun from the safe and shoots Kate in the arm before she goes to search for Max, finding her in the greenhouse. While Lena shoots at Max, Kate manages to crawl out onto the greenhouse roof, breaks through the glass above Lena, and knocks her out. Kate takes the gun and leaves the greenhouse with Max. Lena regains consciousness and finds Kate (laughs) outside near a frozen pond, where she lunges at her, hurling them both onto the ice as Max watches from a hill above. Max picks up the gun that was dropped by Kate during the struggle and shoots at Lena but hits the ice instead, causing Kate and Lena to drop into the water. After a brief struggle, Kate climbs out with Lena desperately clinging to her legs. Lena begs to Kate, saying, Don't let me die, Mommy, while holding a knife behind her back. Kate angrily responds, I'm not your fucking Mommy. She pulls her leg back and kicks Lena in the face, snapping her neck and sending her back into the water where she slowly sinks, still gripping the knife. Max and Kate are met by the police moments later. (laughs) So that was this movie. And it was pretty fucking epic. It was fantastic. 
And the thing is, we were talking about how, like, when the idea of the evil child comes up, the biggest question is, you can't kill them. Yeah, you can. Well, and then, I mean, she wasn't a child. Well, I know, but when you think about this and other movies, <laughs> I should spoil the other one, because... I mean, I already, one, I already said that the kid dies in the bad seed. Right. And two, I mean... Might as well say. I mean, that movie's what? 15 years 17 old? 17 years old. 17 years old. The good son, at the end, basically, there's Elijah Wood, who really is the good child, and Macaulay Culkin, who is evil, a murderous little bastard, and the mom is really Macaulay Culkin's mom, and she's hanging over a cliff with Elijah Wood on one hand and Macaulay Culkin on the other, and of course, Macaulay Culkin's like, save me, mommy, like, don't drop me, you know, he just tried to kill her, and she's like, I'm sorry, and she drops Macaulay Culkin and saves Elijah Wood, and you're like, yeah, bitch, do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it, bitch, you know what's up. No, I mean, you raise a good point, that toward the end of the movie, after she gets, you know, after we realize that she's 33 years old, which, once again, as I said last night, we were doing our, our, our pre-game discussion, um, this, this actress, Isabel Furman, carries, like, herself like a 33-year-old trapped in a 9-year-old body. I mean, she was 10 when they made the movie. She was a 10-year-old girl. I'm just saying, she's fantastic. Like, the scenes where she's, like, you know, stalking around the house with the gun is, like, her weird, like, in her her weird, like, Jennifer Garner catsuit. But she's still, like, oh my god, you're like, shit, she is 33, and she's tiny, and she's gonna kill somebody. (laughs) It is amazing. It was really cool. The thing is, though, like, um, I knew that there was some big twist, but I didn't know what the big twist was. I knew. And I, yeah, I specifically asked you not to tell me. And I'm glad that you didn't. Because the whole movie, they're doing things, the whole movie, like, it wasn't just how could a child be so evil, it was like, how could a child know so much? Yeah. She knows way too much. Yeah, she picked up sign language really quickly. Yeah. She knew, she knew. She already knew how to play the piano, like, she she was playing. Tchaikovsky. Yeah. And wasn't there a scene where she was speaking Italian at some point or something? I feel like there was. Yeah. It, oh, it was just nutbags. (laughs) The little girl was awesome. The other thing was that, like, she... At first, when she's less evil, because she, like, I didn't realize she was going to be, like, so... I knew she was going to be evil, but damn. This was something we talked about, because it was... Oh, shut up. That's the dog, of course. Last night, we were talking about the looks of evil children, and how we were... It was always easier to accept this pale, blonde child with bright blue eyes as, like, an evil kid. And this girl was, like... She had big brown curls, and big brown eyes and freckles and I was like oh my god she's exactly what I would want my children to look like she's so cute and I was like I don't want her to be evil she's adorable and she wore really cute dresses you you said you were Mark she looked like an American girl doll she looked like Samantha she dressed like Samantha oh my gosh my sister would go crazy she looked like a Samantha doll and the thing is we'll be taking the boy but also um, the, the poster for this movie yeah they went to sort of great lengths to make sure we didn't think, oh, how cute, how could she kill? And they're like, no, this bitch is going to kill you. Because on the poster, she's fucking creepy looking. It, which you, you explained to me this morning how that's done. Oh, well, yeah, exactly what they did with the picture. And it was something I hadn't noticed until... Um, there, I watched these really cool documentaries about the face, basically. And one thing I noticed about this poster when I was looking at it today is the way that they've done her face on here, they have not just photoshopped it to make her look even 
They have taken one side of her face and copied it to the other. Each side is exactly symmetrical. It's the same picture. Right. And nobody's face is perfectly symmetrical. Nobody's is. And so when you look at this picture, like, you can see her hairline is exactly the same on both sides. Like, her eye, everything is placed in exactly the same place because it's just a mirror image. But it's a really well done Oh, it's really, image. yeah, no, it's really, really well done. We didn't realize it until you read that. Until I looked at it today, yeah. and I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. But, you know, it's, com it's perfectly symmetrical, and it's like, there's something wrong with Esther. Yeah. Orphan! You secret? <laughs> which, it, which reminds me, because there's so many things I wanted to say about it. Um, at the beginning of the movie, though, when she first comes in, she, I really liked her, like, the way she was, like, picking up the younger sister, how I thought, because remember, I was like, oh, it's gonna be really cool if they, like, bond and she makes her evil, because no, she ends up scaring the shit out of the little girl, But, I mean, too. she does kind of recruit her for a few things. Until, for a little bit, until, until the little girl's like, you're fucking crazy. Yeah, she realizes it's something's up. But like when they first get together they reminded me of me and my sister when we were little and I thought that was so cute. I was like they're <laughs> like me and Gelmi. But um, oh well, my god. Well the other thing I also wanted to know was I mean you said it's on the same vein as that whole thing about we expect the blonde haired blue eyed boy to be evil. But it's not just that. It's the fact that I appreciate this movie in fact, in fact more than The Good Son for this fact for the fact that for the first 30 minutes of this movie if you did not know what this movie was you wouldn't know. You would never expect it because she, this, she's a great con artist. This kid, she's really good. You would just never believe. Holy shit, what's about to happen? Ugh. This, this could just end up being some sappy, you know, Weinstein pictures. Could picture. be like stepmom. It could be like stepmom. Yeah, Vera Farmiga and Peter Sarsgaard learning to live through their Russian child. You yeah, know, exactly. Like it's, it, but no, it's it's <laughs> fucked. Is what it is. It's so good. Um. <laughs> One thing, though, uh, that I talked about, um, we talked about how this movie, and when you watch the DVD, and you said that when you watched it in theaters, it did this too, when you watch the DVD before the movie starts, there's this thing that's like, this movie is not based on a true story. Please consider adoption. Do not let this movie sway you from adoption. Yeah, and this movie really set up a shitstorm for, like, orphans in America, apparently. Like, people were just like, apparently people were that stupid that they didn't realize... Hey, this is a movie, um, and apparently, like, like adoption numbers went down a bit during this during the time of this film's release. Which I was like, wow, are people that creeped out? But um, I think, and the thing is, this is what I said specifically. I don't think it's just because it's a murderous adopted child. I think it's because it really pushed it with the title of the movie just being Orphan. Orphan. Yeah, because when there's because the movies with evil children, there's. The bad seed, the good son, the children of the corn, the omen. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. Like, they're all, like, these are the things that are threatening. Right. But So it gives you, this is what's threatening, is this thing, and that's the title of the movie. So then with this movie, it's like, you know what's threatening? Orphans! Oh, no! <laughs> I think that that's what really did it. Just not just, like I said, not just because she's adopted, but because the movie is called Orphan. Like, isn't it horrifying because she's an orphan? I think that that's really what it was. Don't you, do you agree? No, yeah. I mean, and I can see, like... Even I feel if, like if they had been called something else, it wouldn't have been as big a deal. But because it's called Orphan, like, it really puts stress on, like, the evil is the orphan. Right, right. <laughs> but I think also going back to the idea of, like... One of the things I said while we were watching this movie last night was, I wish I could be in a room in one of the focus groups before this movie was released <laughs> to see the reactions of people who really didn't know what they were getting into. Right. Because 
I, I mean, like I said, you would never guess what is going to happen by watching the first 30 or so minutes of this movie. Because, I mean, then, I mean, certain things happen that are strange, but even, like, there's the scene where, where she, where, um, is it after she sees Peter Sarsgaard and Vera Farmiga fucking in the kitchen? Where she says fuck? Is yeah. that after that? Right. You, you you would just say to yourself, oh, maybe she just picked, just as they say it in the movie, maybe she just picked it up in the schoolyard. Totally explicable. I could totally go for that. And anybody else could, too. It's not until things like she's playing Tchaikovsky and then she says that horrible thing about, you know... Oh! Because she... Okay, that's the thing. She... Okay, the, the mom was like, you know, do you want to learn how to play the piano? Because the girl got so excited when they had a piano. She's like, oh, you have a piano, yay. Right. And the mom's like, oh, do you want me to teach you? And she's like, sure, teach me how to play the piano. So they're playing later, and she messes up, and she's like, oh, I didn't do very well. And the mom's like, no, you did really good. And she's like, no, I made like 11 mistakes. I did so bad. Very specific number. Right. And the, I love that she said that. So then later, the mom was walking around, and she hears the piano, and she goes in. And the little girl is sitting there playing Tchaikovsky. Like, it's really hard shit that she's playing. Yeah. And the mom was like, I thought you didn't know how to play. And she's like, I didn't say that. And she's like, you told me you didn't know how to play. And she's like, no, I told you that you could teach me. And she's like, well, why did you do that? Why did you tell me that you, why did you convince me to teach you if you already knew how to play? And she's like, well, I just thought that you might want to teach me how to play because your son doesn't seem very interested in what you're doing and you have a deaf daughter, so... <laughs> you're like, I mean, the way she says it is even like, more horrifying. Oh my god. It's like, whoa. Yeah, and she's like, so I thought I was doing it for you. And you're just like, what the, what? Although the truth of the matter is, I mean, even having seen the whole thing and I mean, even knowing what I knew, it's you can tell even from the moment they meet her that she's not very high on beer for me. Like, she doesn't really care for the mother in general. But it seems like if you didn't know it was a horror movie... The plot of the movie would then be, oh, she's got to learn to, you know, think she's awesome. Like, she's right. got to redeem herself. That's all this movie could be. No, no, it's murder. It's killing. And they totally go for it. Here's, okay. Okay, here's where problems come up for me in this movie. Okay. But first, let me talk about this other thing. I love that they went with, um, she was a 33-year-old and she just looked like she was nine. Right. But I told you, uh, I told you about this earlier today. But that I had heard about a true time where this actually happened, and I should try and find this on. Well, you can look for, try and look for this on Wikipedia somewhere somehow. The true story. Not the true story of that. Uh, not the true story of a murderer, because this lady wasn't a murderer. She was just a con lady. All right. There's this lady, and she was like, um, she moved to a town. She was like, all these people. She told all these people she was 16 years old, and she didn't know where she came from. She didn't have any family, and some family took her in, and she started going to high school and living the life of a 16 year old girl. And then they found out this woman was actually, like, 30 years old. And she swears that she's not this 30-year-old woman, that she must just look like her. She has no idea who this 30-year-old woman is. That she swears that she's this 16-year-old girl. But they checked her dental records, her fingerprints, and everything, and there's no doubt that she's this 30-year-old woman. So then there's that, and that's something that actually happened. I saw it on, like, Dateline or Nightline or something when I was younger. Right. And then there was an episode of Law and Order ripped from the headlines about that woman, where this woman who um, there was this guy who was murdered because that's what Law and Order is about, and they tracked down somehow these two teen girls that were at this bar that they shouldn't have been in, and this one chick has um, one of the two teenagers has an ID that says that she's like thirty something, so she can get in all these bars, and. <laughs> 
It turns out she's adopted and has done this several times where she gets adopted into families pretending to be 16 each time until she's about to go off to college and then she just restarts her life at 16 again at some other house. And she killed the guy because the guy like recognized her from one of her past lives. Right. And that was an episode of Law & Order. So then when they did this in Orphan, I was like, oh, they used that device. I love it. And then... My second thought, because before they revealed that, she's in the dress, she's hitting on him, she's in the makeup, she's on the couch with him, it's really creepy. And I was like, she didn't want to be adopted, she wanted to be a mail-order bride. And then they are like, she's really 30 years old. And then I was like, why didn't she just be a mail-order bride? Exactly. Well, then we wouldn't have (laughs) orphans. Because I was like, if she wanted to sleep with the man, that all the men that she was trying to get with, because it said, like, this had happened a number of times. She got adopted into a family, tried to sleep with the dad. The dad wouldn't have her, so she killed the whole family. Yeah. And in her Bible, she had all these pictures of men. You're assuming all her old fathers. Yeah. But I'm just like, if her goal was to be the wife, why didn't she just stop trying to look nine, try to look a little more like 30... And try and be a mail order bride. Well, I mean, I don't mean to play evil orphans advocate here, but uh, the thing is, <laughs> I can totally, like, in a sick, sick way, understand her thought process. Um, I'll explain. Please do. Um, I, I'm thinking that, that her thoughts were, I look like I'm nine, and that's the way it's always going to be. Even if I were to pr- provide, like, identification and everything to say that I'm 33, I can't just go to a bar and, you know, hit on some dude and get laid. She had to come up with something that kind of fit her skill set. Right, no, 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 but here's what I'm thinking. The people who order mail-order brides are usually weirdos. Usually pedophiles. She, I mean, remember, she was wearing a body wrap to hide boobs, yeah. and she was wearing, like, spanks to hide a butt. Right. So she had some figure to her whatsoever. She probably looked about 16 without all that stuff. Right. And that's probably what somebody ordering a mail-order bride is looking for. Yeah. So I was kind of like... You know. Yeah, but, but, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying? I'm like... It's, it's a matter of, it's a lot, I think it's a lot easier, God, this is such a fucked up thing I'm about to say, it's a lot <laughs> easier if you look like you're not and you're 33 to seduce and fuck someone if you have already kind of ingratiated yourself, and in this case, he's drunk off his ass and hallucinating a bit. I don't think anybody is going to fuck the kid that like... I mean, clearly, this I mean, is no, what no, happened I'm, to I'm her. Not say, I'm not saying... She he, tried on several occasions... To sleep with and the dad saying, as the adopted child and, and it wasn't working. You're asking why didn't she just realize it's never going to work and find something else to do? I just don't understand it's, why she was like, I want to fuck the dad. I should be a kid. Well, maybe she's, like, got, a, maybe she's got a fetish for that sort of thing. <laughs> that's that's more realistic. Yeah. maybe That's she, a more realistic Maybe answer. she's like so, like maybe she just, as a person who looks like a child, stumbled on the best fantasy thing she can act out on ever uh, by being this this child and wanting to have sex with these men she hit the jackpot <laughs> she looks like she's nine and she wants to fuck people who think she's nine it's so awful it's, it's, see, it's, see the, these are terrible things that are coming out of my mouth but I'm like that has to be because I'm like that's the only way that makes sense though because I'm like why didn't she just be a mail order bride although by the same token 
She does have to glam herself up though first. She gets the, the little black dress, Vera Farmiga's little black dress, and cuts it and sews it to her liking. Right. And the, the, the hair on that crazy way, and with the, the makeup and everything, like, it's... It's disturbing, and, and and for and for way and for reasons I can't even go into. <laughs> it was it was messed up. It's messed up. <laughs> ah! But I was totally like, she should have just been a real order bride. That doesn't make sense. That does not make sense. <laughs> that makes about as much sense as Chewbacca living on Endor. What? Because <laughs> that's the Chewbacca defense. Oh, right. Woogie's not from Endor. That does not make sense. <laughs> that's, that's from, they're from Kashyyyk. Yeah, they are. I'm a nerd like that. Oh, my God. Battlefront? Battlefront, yeah. <laughs> Star Wars Battlefront 2 is... I don't like Star Wars games. I could do Star. I could do Lego Star Wars. But as far as Star Wars games go, Battlefront 2, you guys. Yeah. For the PlayStation 2? Mm. Awesome. Do it. You should play it sometime. I'm sorry, I'm still kind of creeped out by the discussion that preceded that, so I'm trying to get out of the headspace. Because, I'm gonna, can I be blunt for a second? It puts really weird thoughts in your head. I was watching it too! I was I'm just like, oh my god, why am I thinking this? Turn it off. Ugh. Like, it's, oh, I feel like a terrible person. As, as should most viewers, though. I think that's the point. I think that's, that's probably the point. Is... <laughs> I gotta stop talking now. I'm digging myself into a hole. Yeah, you are. Stephanie, say something. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I don't know. And it's just awkward to me because Peter Sarsgaard to me looks creepy anyway. I mean, it's probably because the two things that I really, really know him from are um, Boys Don't Cry and um, Kinsey. Yeah. And Kinsey is not really creepy. He's just weird. But in Boys Don't Cry, I'm pretty sure he's one of the rapists. I could imagine it. I could totally. And I was it. just like, the movie though, that whole movie. You never seen that movie, right? I, I haven't actually. Don't. No. <laughs> that movie. No, oh, I'm all sniffly. So what? What else do you have to say about this movie? Um, do you want to talk about Boots for a minute? Yes, let's talk about Boots Durango. Yeah. You start. Um, Boots Durango is a local character, basically a personality of the people in uh, the town, and and he has posted all these various uh, videos. He's become a very local celebrity. Music, YouTube videos, fashion, local doings. Boots has got it all. And <laughs> and the thing is, we'll be taking the boy. But also, last year when this movie came out. Uh, Boots posted made one of the greatest YouTube videos in the history of time. Um, <laughs> and as, and I, I'm going to say this now. You can cut out me saying this, or I can just say it for the record, and maybe it did, maybe it didn't. But there's possibility that you've been putting clips of it in this entire episode. Oh, no, I was going to say, I haven't decided what clip, but I was like, at one point I was going to be like, here's a clip, and then i just wait a couple seconds and we talk some more. Right. But I hadn't figured out what clip I was going to use yet. Right. But you guys should see this video, and... Um, Boots Durango, it's B-O-O-T-Z Durango. Boots yeah. Durango. It's the YouTube account name. You can go to YouTube, just search Boots Durango and The Orphan. And for some reason, it's not the first video that comes up, but it is the second video. Yeah. But you'll know that Boots refers to it as The, the orphan. orphan. Yeah. It's not just Orphan, it's The Orphan. It's one of the greatest things you'll ever see. Like I said, does this movie, like... 
I just wasn't in for it until I saw Boots uh, with uh, that freak out. Here, here's a, here's a clip. You think I played with you? Don't you ever go see the orphan? It will scar you for life. I wanted to adopt me a little daughter in her teenage years. I ain't adopted no children. Ever. Ever. That movie will scar you for your days. For your days on this earth, that movie will scar you. Don't you ever go see it? Ever. I'm serious. That movie scared me like hell. 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 Who? You think, you think, you think Halloween is. That movie tops every scary, suspenseful movie I've ever seen in my life. That movie is, is tarantulous. It's tarantulous. You know? Whoa! Whoa! I thought that was a little girl over there. I thought that was a little girl. That movie scared the shit out of me. Don't you ever go see? Ever. Never ever see the damn movie. Shit. Ever. <laughs> yeah, you like that? <laughs> <laughs> so that's boots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I that was really great, that thing you put in there just then. <laughs> that thing. Ow! <laughs> that's I don't think Boots makes that noise in that particular video, but Boots makes that noise a lot and I like it. You know, on, on, a, on a related note though, Boots Durango is just fantastic in general. Yes, I love Boots Durango. So even if, if you love this video, subscribe and watch this, watch Boots' other videos because they're all fantastic. Um, and if you want to know my other favorite, my other favorite is called Name Your Weave. Name Your Weave. By Boots Durango. Yes. And that one has 18,231 views. Boots is a celebrity. <laughs> Do it, Boots. local celebrity and probably growing into a state celebrity and national international so far. Never ever see the damn movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what else is there to talk about? I mean, do you want to talk about the the kills, the violence? Because some of it was like, I don't know, because like it would, it would start out scary, but then like it would get to the point where I was like, I get it. Like her, because yeah. like the first couple times she hits the, the nun with the hammer, you're like, oh, oh my god. And then yeah. you're like, Okay, she's oh, still hitting her. Yeah. Cause I felt that way about that and about her stabbing Peter Sarsgaard. Cause that went all went on forever. She, well, she just it was it was not like it was not a logical kill. I'm just coming off like the worst, most psychopathic person in the history of time. Oh uh, no, Jeff! I watch so much Law and Order. I could talk about murder okay. all day. But but what I'm gonna say is. The killing that Esther did here—this isn't like a killing where, yeah, she stabbed him in the heart. It's a, a crime. No, I can understand it because it's a crime of passion. It Jeffrey. is a crime of passion. But what I'm saying is, like, it wasn't—it <laughs> wasn't, it wasn't a stabbing of logic where it was kind of a given that after about three stabs he was gonna die. No, she just kept. She kept stabbing him because she wanted the satisfaction of I'm the one driving the life out of Peter Sarsgaard's body. Suck it. Crime of passion. Crime of passion. <laughs> <laughs> because he spurned her. Yeah. God. I don't know how I felt about the way they tried to make her look 30. What do you mean? I mean, I, the fucked up teeth were kind of believable. Yeah. I guess it's because she still had on all the makeup, but I mean, she cried most of it off. But like, I don't know, I didn't think that they did a good enough job making her eyes look a little wrinkly. Because I feel like that's the most that they could have really done for her. Right. I mean, they gave her, they tried to give her a little boob. <laughs> like, they definitely patted her boobs. Yeah. And, um, like, they gave her the weird teeth. 
And they tried to give her like older skin, but yeah. I just feel like they could have done a better job with that. I was I was in it. I was in it. I was feeling it. But um but I I don't know, I do love that she was supposed to be 30 though. I was like, okay. And I appreciate, <laughs> I appreciate that you didn't let that ruin this movie for you because it, that it really could have gone either way. That's what I'm saying. I mean, like, I feel like I already like I didn't know that that's where they were gonna go with it, but I was like, okay, I could go with that. Because I mean, it's not impossible. Because I like no, because I like evil kid movies though. But a lot of it, I was like, how does she, how could she possibly? Like, it wasn't just a matter of how could a child be so evil. It was li- really, really like, how could a kid know that much stuff? Yeah, there, there, there is a, an intelligence, an intellect to the yeah. she does that you just can't get. In and she has all kid. these. Oh my god, she has all these paintings. Oh my god, and her paintings, black, like, black paintings. And when they first show the paintings, yeah, when I looked at it, I was totally like, "That's really good for a nine-year-old." I was like, "How could it?" I was like, "That's amazing for a nine-year-old to do that." Right. But then she's not nine, so. But anyway, they have these paintings, and she has these crazy paintings all over her room. And then at one point she's standing there and turning on, um, <laughs> turning on and off the light from her fish tank, which is blue. It works like a black light. And so she's got these paintings of like these houses and all these people and stuff. And then she'll turn the black light on, and there's like the house is on fire with all these people screaming, and like the faces have knives in them. And the, it's like <laughs> there was the one. The one I remember most is the one we noticed where the dude was hanging by one leg and he had a knife stuck in his. Stuck face. in it. There's a yeah. There was a sword like through his crotch. Yeah. <laughs> Which I went first off. I just I kind of want to see a prequel to see all these killings she did in these wacky fashions. <laughs> Because I, 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 I'm, I mean, I'm not usually one to be like violence, but I want to see, I want to see her stab some dude in the crotch. <laughs> well, I mean, there's the part where like she goes up to the son when he's lying in bed and she has a oh, box God. cutter, ah, and she has a box cutter to his neck. She doesn't cut him, but she's like, you know, talking to him with her crazy Russian accent. And then she says something, and she's like, "If you tell on me." I will cut off your hairless little prick before you even know what it is for. <laughs> and you're like, oh, Jesus! <laughs> it's just, oh man. <laughs> I'm looking through, um, I'm looking through uh, memorable quotes on IMDb because there's got to be a, a number. Really, here is if I find out that you're lying, I'll cut your hairless little prick off before you even figure out what it's for. Do you understand me? And then he pees himself. You piss yourself. I do want to point something out. I think it's kind of a given. It's a cheap one, but let's just go for it. Note that the parents' names are John and Kate. <laughs> I'm just... There we go. Yikes. It, it happened. I didn't even think about it. Yeah. Which I, I feel like I remember now someone making that joke when the movie came out. But at the same time, I don't know. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio is one of the producers of this movie. Yes, he is. And according to the Wikipedia page, he discovered Isabel Furman uh, and her audition tape and refused to fund the movie anymore if they wouldn't use her because she was so awesome. Yeah. She looks like Samantha. Yeah. Her hair with the little ribbons, her little poofy dresses. Yeah. Because this one in particular, I'm like, I swear Samantha had that dress. The one from the poster? The one in the poster. I swear Samantha had a dress just like that. <laughs> the thing about this movie, one of the other reasons American why... girl dolls, y'all. One of the other reasons why I was initially turned off by this movie back when it came out last year was the fact that uh, there was that other movie... And I'm forgetting what it was called. The Orphanage? Not The Orphanage. <laughs> no, I did bring up The Orphanage last night because it came out like two months later and it's a Spanish movie that was produced by uh, Guillermo del Toro. But um, but no, there was another movie that came out, I want to say earlier that year, 
with Sam Rockwell, and they had an evil son. Do you remember this? And the poster was just the kid, like, in a ornate frame. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Because he was a little ginger. And how, and how, and I hated that movie from what I saw of it in the trailer. It looked so, like, I mean, it looked like a, a good, like, evil kid movie, but it looked kind of pretentious in a weird way. Because the thing was, I never saw a trailer for it. I just saw the poster, and I was like, what the fuck is this movie? And now we're going to look at his Joshua. Joshua, yeah. Um, and then when this came out, and I saw the poster, and I was like, what is this, Joshua again? So I had a kind of a scoffing reaction, but my Oh, God. my God, the wife from Joshua. You're fucking kidding me. Is Vera Farmiga, the mom from this movie, Orphan. The same mom in both movies. I love that the picture for Michael McKeon in 2010 is still the picture of him from fucking Spinal Tap. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the main picture that they have up of Michael oh. McCann. Who was not in Orphan, but was in Joshua. Yes, he was. But Joshua was like, I remember that Joshua... That's had, so funny, it's the same mom. I think the plot of Joshua was that he was like a piano uh, aficionado or a piano genius, and, and he was evil, and crazy shit happened. It was orphan with a dude, basically, and it wasn't. And not, I don't even mean like the good son because they were very privileged people. Um, it was. Oh, it sounded so pretentious. Look at that poster. So yeah, um, if you look at Wikipedia, the Wikipedia for Joshua, then you'll see what we're talking about. But yeah, she did two movies within two years of each other about evil children, and she was the mom. How weird. And this was after The Departed, <laughs> where she had the world ahead of her. And didn't do anything awesome. I mean, this is this was awesome, but didn't do anything like different until fucking up in the air. Um, she is dreamy though. She's cool. She's cool. Yeah. Best known for her roles in Running Scared, The Departed, Orphan, and Up in the Air. Yeah. <laughs> have, you, have you seen Up in the Air? No, I haven't. But I saw Running Scared. Oh, Up in and the Air is amazing. Running Scared. I saw that movie because Phil wouldn't shut up about how the cinematography was supposed to be really good. Is it was it? the whole reason I saw it. Was it? I mean, the movie looked really good, but I honestly, I can't really remember much about the movie. Because it was a Paul Walker movie. Um, I do remember <laughs> when uh, me and somebody else were talking about it, and it, I was talking about a scene in the movie, I was telling him this particular part that happens, and I just remember I was like, talking about her being on the phone, and she's like, yes, hello, I, I need somebody to come to my house, I'm at 123 Road Street, and like... That's not what she says, but I was right. like, when I was telling the plot of the movie, I talked about that part, I referred to it as 123 Red Street. I remember there's a really cute kid in it. Cameron Bright. Oh, that fucking kid. Do you not think he, well, I mean, what have you seen him in? A lot of things. Because I saw him in Thank You For Smoking, and I was like, that is the cutest little boy I've ever seen in I my life. Thank You For Smoking, X3, Ultraviolet. I saw him in Ultraviolet. Oh, it was awful. And so was X3. Yeah, X3 was terrible. He was in a lot of stuff. Oh, he's in Twilight? Oh! That felt like a kick in the balls. Yeah. I didn't even have him. <laughs> but no, he's absolutely adorable. And he is a little boy and thank you for smoking. He really struck me as like the new Cortland Mead. I don't know who that is. Cortland Mead played Uh-Huh in Little Rascals. And he was on that short-lived Kirk Cameron sitcom called Kirk. Apparently, in um, the Twilight movies, he plays Dakota Fanning's twin brother, and they're both vampires. Gross. <laughs> That's so gross. Dakota Fanning, who's been eight years old since 1978. But I just, yeah, like I said, I remember seeing Thank You for Smoking, and that little boy was in it, and I was like, he's the cutest boy I've ever seen! He's so cute! I want to pinch his cheek. 
Well, that's how I felt about Esther, too. Yeah. And then she, uh, did a lot of killing. And was 33. And was 33. Oh. Oh. That was the other thing, when she's like, <laughs> when she's coming out of the water and Esther is like clinging to her ankle and she's like, you know, don't let me die, mommy. I was like, bitch, you are 33 years, I know you're not a child, don't pull that mommy shit on me. What well, I wonder if, and I'm, not, no, I'm sure they weren't thinking this far ahead, but I'm just wondering if in that moment... Uh, the the implication was that Esther doesn't know that Vera Farmiga knows she's 33. She just still thinks she's a child who's crazy as fuck. Right. And is going to try to use that. But it's funny because she's been, like, against the mom through the whole movie. Yeah. So, like, it's like, bitch, you've been convincing my whole family I'm fucking crazy. And, like, and that I'm, like, still an alcoholic and need to go to rehab and shit. And that I tried to kill my kids. Like, fuck you. I'm not helping you. I'm kicking you in the face and breaking your neck. How startling is it again also that we've got another movie where it's about the one person who's saying that everybody else is crazy but that they think she's crazy. I know that, I that makes it. me crazy. But I loved it. We've kind of set upon a number of these movies that do that formula well. Like, there are a lot of movies I hate that do that. There are episodes of shows that I hate that do that. I love What About Bob. You know? And I love the good I'm still totally going to be like, do you hate What About Bob? I... I what About Bob was my quintessential movie of that ilk that I liked for many, many years. And then I saw The Good Son, and I was like, fuck yeah. <laughs> so now I've got three of them. Because everybody's like, oh, them. you're crazy, Elijah Wood. You just lost your mom. Or you're crazy, Richard Dreyfuss. You've been, you've been, you know, a psychotherapist for too long. And Joan London's on Good Morning America, and she's none too pleased with your antics. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I've ever seen all of What About Bob. Oh, that movie's so great. The only thing I ever remember from that movie is, I'm sailing! Yeah. I'm sailing! Bill Murray. Dude, <laughs> I just thought of... What? Dan Aykroyd and Crystal Skull Vodka. Oh my god! Crystal Head Vodka. Yes. We were talking yesterday about vodka for whatever reason, and, and you said, and somebody asked a question about what's the vodka that comes in a skull-shaped bottle. No, he said something. Greg said that he knew there was some celebrity who had some vodka that came in a crystal, or that came in a skull, and I was like, that'll be Crystal Head. Like that's Crystal Head vodka. I've right. seen it, but I don't know who it is. And he searched for it and went to the website. Turns out it's Dan Aykroyd, and the more you hear him talk about it, the less you are interested. It really sounds like it's the, it's the, it's like the official Scientology. Vodka, Scientology, yeah, because it's all this. I mean, we knew Dan Aykroyd was crazy about sci-fi and like is a real believer in UFOs and things like that, which that's fine. That's enough. fine and dandy. But no, he comes off like you know, and when you and with every shot, you'll be filled with 15 million body phaetons, and I'm just like, <laughs> good fucking Christ, this is ridiculous. So like, you know, you can feel the aura. Of good vibes <laughs> emanating from this crystal head. Yeah, good God. Built to exact proportions. I'm depressed that I even know what body phases are. <laughs> I'm so sorry, America. That didn't happen. <sighs> crystal head vodka. And orphan. All your metachlorians in one shot. <laughs> <laughs> metachlorians. That's another nerd thing. Yeah, That's a nerd is. thing and not a scary Scientologist thing. Yeah. So do you have anything more to say about Orphan? Um, never. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, 
Like I said, I was I was surprised at how much I liked it. I thought it was going to be terrible. It was actually really worth a watch. I didn't expect it to be terrible. I just didn't expect me to like it because I, you know me, I'm not big on horror. I'm not big on like stuff jumping out. Oh, that's one thing I want to talk about. Ah! The fucking camera. This movie was so, and I mean, and I can't decide how I feel about it. There was a point where I was like, no, it's fucking stupid. But now I'm like, that's kind of ingenious considering the rest of the movie. They kept... If you really know horror movies in particular and the way that horror movies are shot... They kept using this device where they would set up like, oh, there's nothing behind this person. Oh, you can't see what's behind this person. Oh my God, what's going to be there when we look again? Oh, oh there's still nothing behind this person. Well, there was that, but there was also <laughs> the thing where like a person would be standing somewhere with their back to the camera and the camera would be slowly moving toward them. As if there's someone behind them coming at them. And that person apparently senses the presence and turns around and it there's never nothing is, there. never anyone, there's, ever. They're constantly thinking that someone is about to sneak up on them and it only happens like twice. It happens once when she's in the bathroom and she she looks in the mirror, she opens the mirror, she closes the mirror, Peter Sarsgaard's right behind her. Yeah. And it's not creepy, it's just, oh, I came in to brush my teeth. And like, you startled me a bit. Exactly. Like, Fuck. <laughs> like that's Can we talk about the sex scene in the kitchen, how unnecessary that was, and how illogical that is. It's I I wasn't flipping out about it like you and Greg were. I was I'm just like I was like, oh they should have made sure their children were in bed, but you guys were like, no, don't do it! Oh my god! What if someone sees you? Oh my Jesus! <laughs> I was like I was like, yeah, they should have made sure the kids were in bed, but I mean they're just doing it in the kitchen. But it was just, it was, it was hard. Doggy style, up against the marble counter, and Vera Farmiga's like, uh, and he's like, uh, and, then Esther's <laughs> in the, and Esther's in the thing with a coffee mug, and it's like, what the fuck is going on? Like, oh, taking Esther. it up the butt. She wasn't. You don't, oh, you have no idea about the anatomy of holes, Jeff. Yes, I do. Apparently not. Just because they're doing it from behind doesn't mean it's in the butt. I'm just having a hard time. In most cases, it's it's probably not up the butt. They're just doing it from behind. I don't know. It just seems like the most convenient way to get in there. I mean, that is the most convenient way to get in there. But, I mean, it's not hard to get at the other hole from there either. There'd be a lot of contortion involved. They're right next to each other. Like, they're like this. Oh. (laughs) They're not like that. They're like this. They're like one on top of the other. There's, like, a, one piece of skin that separates the two. So if we've learned anything from this podcast, it's that <laughs> I'm utterly unlearned about sex positions out of the missionary, so, um, <laughs> let's just, um, move on. <laughs> oh, Jeff. But, I mean, you don't have one, so I guess, like, you wouldn't know what? how close together they are. Our vagina. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, they're just, they're right on top of each other. Yeah, I mean, I know. But, yeah, that's how they work. I don't know. <laughs> Do you have any last thoughts about Orphan? <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Um, it was great. It was a lot... It, I'm, I want to buy it now. I want to own it. I want to watch it and, and, just, and talk about it forever. I have not been so um, convinced of a child playing an adult since I saw Interview with a Vampire. Yes. And that's, and that's the thing, like... Kristen Dunst is like Natalie Portman. I like it's like the younger they were, the better I thought they were. It's true. I'm like I don't like the movies that they do as they get older. But anyway, Kristen Dunst, I thought that she was absolutely amazing trying to play an adult in Interview with a Vampire, and right. I felt the same way about Vampire so many hundred years. Right, exactly. So she was, you know, still a ten year old girl trying to play like a two hundred year old woman. Yeah. So that's cool. 
And then, um, yeah, it was like this with um, Orphan. I thought she did a good job of playing, you know, a 30-year-old pretending to be a 10-year-old, even though she really was a 10-year-old. A 10-year-old pretending to be a 30-year-old pretending to be a 10-year-old. Yeah. Or... Or a 10-year-old pretending to be a 30-year-old pretending to be a 9-year-old, technically. She's the dude playing the dude disguised as another dude. She's, um... <laughs> she's... You still haven't seen that, have you? No. It's Tropic Thunder. See, I was going to say yeah. that she's Julie Andrews in Victor Victoria. She's oh, yeah. a lady pretending to be a man pretending yeah. to be a lady. Or Connie and Carla, if you will. God, that movie existed, didn't it? She's that horrible woman and Tony Collette. That's her name. <laughs> She's awful. But neither of them were an orphan, yeah. which was absolutely amazing. And um, you should watch Boots Durango's video, but then you shouldn't listen to him because you should watch The Orphan. Yeah. Never! But yeah. Noven Von! So, with that being said, I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Media Monkeys and Junkie Junkies. Check us out um, scurnison.tumblr. Dot com. Tumblr is, of course, without an E. We have a new look now. I changed the, uh, changed the layout. That's kind of cool. And, um, of course, if you want to hear more from Jeff, you can listen to the Original Unoriginal Podcast. That's at originalunoriginalpodcast.blogspot.com. Thanks, Stephanie. <laughs> We're on the iTunes store, and, I, and, and please check out the sister show of the OUP, Cinemantics, at cinemanticspodcast.blogspot.com. We're on the iTunes store, hosted by my... Best friend of this world is Nick Melson, uh, who is very often my—he's my Mosier, and I am his, and that's just the way it works. Yeah, it is. So yeah, um, see Orphan and the Bad Seed and the Good Son, and yeah, but it's not the Orphan. Orphan, the Bad Seed, the Good Son. Orphan. Running scared. <laughs> <laughs> Do it. <laughs>